Um, hey, this is Matt Lesher. I play Eobar Thawn on DCTV's The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Well, this is not Geek Vibes Live, but you are definitely listening to our new show, Hall of Heroes. Uh, this is a brand new show uh, that we will be reviewing all the CW shows of the week. Um, I am your host, Jawan, and I am with new to the Geek Vibes Nation family, Shay. What's going on, Shay? Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. It's nice to geek out, and I'm totally ready for it. All right. So without further ado, let's get right into it. We had a crossover this week. It was a four-part crossover called Crisis on Earth X. It started with Supergirl, so let's dig in there first. Uh, Man, that episode started insane. Uh, We are in, I believe, Earth... It it is called Earth X. Okay, I was going to give it a number, but I'm like, no, it's just called Earth X. Um, And we get a situation where two guys are having a conversation. Then we see arrows shot at them. Um, and then we see the evil version of Oliver Queen come out of nowhere, just totally awesome, just destroying everyone. Uh, then he notices someone behind him, who else but the Guardian, uh, Jimmy Olsen from Supergirl. They battle it out only for Oliver Queen, evil Oliver Queen, to kill Jimmy Olsen. And Jimmy's last words to him being, there are other heroes out there that one day will stop your evil reign. And then we kind of get into uh, some quick shots of what of what everyone's up to. We see Flash is uh, is uh, fighting King Shark, which I thought was awesome. The visuals were great. Uh, you have Oliver on you know Earth One fighting ninjas, which I hope at maybe some point next week's episode they explain why he was fighting ninjas. Um, and we see Supergirl fighting a Dominator, which I thought was really weird, like why the Dominator's still a thing. And, uh, well, actually, Supergirl made a joke about that by saying they're so last year. So even she was like, what are they still doing here? Um, and last but not least, we see the Legends in, I believe it was England, Old England, fighting, not knights, but like old, I don't know what they were necessarily fighting or what what they were doing there. Um, but everyone was prepping for uh, Iris and Barry's wedding, sending their um, save the dates in to get ready for her wedding. So with all that being said, of the beginning arc of Supergirl, what were your thoughts on the opening of the episode? I thought the opening was great. Um, I enjoyed how they gave a glimpse of what's going on in Universe X because we see, you know, uh, Cisco and Barry go to different universes but by accident, some on purpose. He was able to see anyone, you know, really just doing their normal thing, trying to save the world, or just trying to keep the peace, and still trying to live their normal life. Um, I definitely feel for Kara because basically someone who she loved and she had to give up came back in her life with a wife, and uh, her sister was supposed to be engaged, but she is no longer engaged. So, you know... A wedding to make anyone feel better, that can help. And I definitely enjoyed how they tried to set it up so everyone can have that peace. And then the evil Oliver Queen, the evil Supergirl, and the Nazis, which, and I quote, I hate Nazis, decided to mess up the wedding in a normal, 
style that I just, I was loving it. I loved how everyone worked together. I loved seeing the different heroes from Cisco to Killer Frost to Flash to Arrow. And I even liked how before all this started, I'm pretty sure that that was um, Barry's future daughter. I don't know how she got there. But the waitress who was kind of like, you know, excited and a little bit geeky, and she was just like, oh, well, you know, don't forget to say I do. Just, just don't forget to say I do. I'm pretty sure that was very shorter. Maybe that's just me reaching. But I thought that was very Well, I, I like that you said that. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my friends, Joelle. Uh, I originally, uh, you know, he we kind of came to the conclusion that that was probably their daughter. I was thinking how weird would it be if it turns out that's who Wally is dating, and they have no idea that they're, that they're related. Like, they could really do some weird stuff with that. Um, I was actually saying, and I'm definitely going to be proven wrong with this, but I would like it if instead of Bart Allen, uh, they maybe had a Brittany Allen. And who they saw there, she's actually a speedster also from the future. I mean, she has a purpose. She's not, she she didn't run into Barry and make that like the most weirdest introduction uh, to people that don't know each other or a person out of the two that doesn't know the other could have. I think she is important, um, and I think she could possibly be, because we see how they're changing things uh, in the CW universe, whether it's uh, nationality, uh, sexuality, they're just, they're they are experimenting with a lot of things. So I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility for instead of Bart Allen down the line, maybe it's a Brittany Allen and it's their daughter from the future. And maybe in her future, uh, Barry and, and her mom never got married, like officially. So he was just, she was just reminding him, listen, I've kind of seen this, this play out before. Don't forget to say I do make sure you guys get married. Like, she was very insistent on make sure you guys get married. Uh, so, yeah, that was a really good point that you brought up. Um, I will even say, uh, when you were uh, bringing up how it was awesome to see all those different heroes interact and fighting the uh, the Earth X's uh, evil version team, I love Prometheus. By the way, um, this is never – this goes unsaid all the time. That might be the greatest theme music a character could have. Prometheus's theme music is one of the many reasons I loved his character from last year. It is so haunting. Yes. It is just so in your face. And it's like you have to notice it. But that's the point of it. Uh, and it's just it's so cool. It, it kind of like is an evil version of Arrow's uh, kind of theme song that he gets on, on those really cool moments of the show. Um, but I loved it also. Caitlin, uh, you know, using her ice, her ice arms to, like, slice through guys. Uh, Rory being super attracted to, uh, to Killer Frost. Um, speaking of Rory, I loved how uncomfortable uh, he made things at the wedding, where he was kind of talking to Caitlin, like, didn't I kidnap you once? And she was like, yeah, but I wouldn't try that again if I were you. And then he sat down next to uh, the police commissioner, and he was like, you look familiar. Yeah, that was one of the guys you arrested when he was hanging with Captain Cold back in the day. Uh, so it was really fun to see them. I'm really upset we didn't see more Wally. Um, I thought the scenes that he had in the, the wedding chapel where he was snatching the bullets and then throwing them back, Wally is 
such a great character played by a really good actor. I love I can't I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to butcher it. But I love him as an actor and what he's brought to uh, to being Wally. And I hope we don't see a situation with his character that we saw with Roy. As Roy started to grow into being the Red Arrow uh, and really being someone that I love, he disappeared. Uh, and I don't want that to happen for Wally because I'm really I really started to fall in love with this character last season. Only for this season to start and him to come out like. Did you guys know you saved the day and I wasn't even there? And I was like, yeah, I've been saying that. And then he follows that with, well, I'm leaving town. I'm like, no, I was hoping you would stick around. I don't need this Mr. Stretchy guy. I need Wally. Um, but, yeah, it was it was great fight scenes during the wedding. Um, did you want to go more into the wedding scene before we move on? Um, well, I want to discuss a little bit more with Wally. What I think they might do, I think that they let him kind of like disappear for a while to allow kind of like a subplot to occur with Wally. You know what I mean? Because Wally is always the person that if the flash isn't there, he's able to kind of like help pick up the flash. But as he's understanding his powers, he doesn't always want to be a factor. He doesn't. He wants to be able to stand on his own and then if, if he can't match Barry, he wants to be better than Barry because when you're a mentor to someone, your goal is always to teach. And when you're teaching someone, your goal is to always have your mentor be better than yourself. So that that's the right. only point I want to make with Wally. I think that in relation to Flash, it's a possibility that Wally's character development, you know, it could definitely go a whole different route. I think there was a purpose for him leaving, and I'm hoping that it counts as like a little surprise in your face moment at the beginning of. Um, after the flash comes back in relation to you know going on with him. Yeah, no, I can I completely see where you're coming from. It's just I just I have this thing with CW. They have a way of right when I'm starting to enjoy a character. They did the same thing with Sarah Lance on me, but thankfully they brought her back um, for Legends. But as soon as I started to fall in love with the idea of her being the Black Canary from the comic, boom, she died. And I was just like, oh, come on, really? And then when they brought it back, I was like, okay, okay, I forgive you. Then they did it with Roy. And then, you know, now they're possibly doing it with Kid Flash leaving for a little bit. I just honestly, I think when they decided to pick the villain that they did, I thought this was a villain that maybe could have been a villain towards, like, when Flash, maybe two or three seasons from now, um, where the team maybe starts to slim out a little bit more and it could just be, just be Barry. Uh, maybe Barry, Iris, you know, maybe Cisco, but slim it out a lot more. Um, I thought the villains of this Flash of season should have been the rogues. That way you have a reason for needing Wally. But I think when you have a mental-based villain, you don't really need multiple people that can run fast. You just need one guy to run fast and be able to outsmart the thinker. So no pun intended. Um, but let's move on. So after the events of the wedding... Um, you know, you see the team kind of all in, like, what's going on? Um, ooh, excuse me. Uh, I will say this. I was very disappointed. Matt Lesher is a friend of the show. He is the drop that we played before the show started. In case you guys do not know who Matt Lesher is, he played Eobard Thawne uh, on The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, he was the guy that turned out was pretending to be Harrison Wells. Um, 
I thought they missed a huge opportunity to bring him back. I did not like them going the route of using um, Harrison Wells' face again. I love Matt Lesher. We had an amazing interview with him when he came on this show, and I thought he would have been perfect for them to use in this crossover so that way it's literally everyone's polar opposites. Even though the idea of it's supposed to be their polar opposites, I thought Prometheus should have been Earth-X's version of the Arrow. Um, maybe uh, the the villain that they're using now in Supergirl, I can't remember her name, Rain or something like that, she could have been... Like, I, I would have rather it not have been them. Uh, and then you have it... You have an evil Oliver, an evil Kara, but a different... Flash, it just, that to me, it's very minor, but it rubbed me the wrong way. I would have preferred if you literally had their polar opposites, um, you know, as as the villains. What, what are your thoughts on that? Or did that maybe not bother you as much? No, actually, I was going to point that out because I have a completely different hypothesis as to why that was done. So, because the first thing I was going to say, well, was, well, you know, in the episode, Barry let him go because the Flash doesn't kill, right? And then, um, personally, I thought that even though he wasn't going to kill him, Barry could definitely pass him into the speed force and let, you know, the um, reverse Flash. And I call them the Dementors, so that's what they remind me of, but the Dementors <laughs> and the speed force go so come and just do what they want to do. But... Right. I felt the same way. So when I looked up the dialogue again, it made me realize that he put on Harrison's face again for a reason. So I want to know what that reason is. Because, you know, Earth-1, Earth-53, I mean, excuse me, Earth-1, Earth-27, Earth-X, they all have the same parallel person, but different personalities. And we was able to see, you know, when... um. He was trying to get the different ideas from the different universes or try to help out Cisco. We could see all the different ones. We've never seen an evil one. So I feel like it was a purpose for him wearing that face. And he did it. I don't think he did it for like a psychological reason to get at Barry. I think he wore it for a reason in relation to how the Earth X plan developed. He just decided to keep it. Garrick 
you know, be the face that he decided to use or have Jay Garrick be Earth X's version of the Flash. I just think going with Harrison Wells was such a – it was an easy way out because one of two things. You also even brought up they couldn't do an evil Flash because Flash doesn't kill. Well, neither does Kara, but they had an evil version of Kara. Um, so that I'm not giving them a pass for. And, again, Barry got closure on the whole Harrison Wells thing. So you coming with the face of Harrison Wells didn't really do anything to Barry. Like, it didn't, didn't bother him. It didn't shake him to his core. When you look at Kara and at least Oliver, them seeing evil versions of themselves and reminding themselves of what they choose not to be and how Oliver is in a point to where he doesn't want to ever, like, implement those those values or those ideals in himself. He doesn't want to become that. So I thought if Barry could see, if you didn't want to go as Barry seeing himself, at least have it be his father's face or have it just be Jay Garrick, an evil version. That, I think, might have affected Barry a lot more, and we would have had a better squaring off between him and his father, him and Jay Garrick, uh, at the end. That might have resulted in him throwing him into the speed force to make sure he never comes back. But I think him letting – we're getting too far now. I don't want to get to the the end of the crossover. But that did bother me, uh, that they didn't go a different route of him having a better villain to go up against rather than just, Eobarthon with uh, 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 Harrison Wells' face. But let's not get too far. Um, where do we leave off? We left off after after the wedding. So did you want to take up from after there and kind of go from there uh, to the other high points of the Supergirl part of the, the crossover? Well, you know, you already doing such a good job. I'm just going to, you know, just hop in every now and then. We're go ahead let's see. All right, sounds good. All right. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, obviously the group's now regrouping. Uh, there wasn't really more any more high points from that Supergirl episode. The highest point to me of the crossover comes with the beginning of the next episode of the crossover. So let's get into Arrow's portion of the crossover. Uh, Supergirl does end with them capturing Prometheus. Um, and the reason why that is important is Earth X's version of Prometheus is not um, Adrian Chase. It is Tommy Merlin. And I'll say this, Mark Guggenheim, who I will be meeting next week at Ace Comic Con, and I will be asking him about this, I think he did that as a nod to us. I think the guy who plays Tommy Merlin was not available because of his show, Chicago Med, to be Prometheus last season, which is why they went the way of Adrian Chase, which I won't get into, but didn't make that much sense. But I love Adrian Chase, hands down my favorite television villain uh, of the CW universe ever. Um, but he knew the fans wanted Tommy Merlin. That's what we everyone was, was reporting, that we were going to maybe see him last season as Prometheus, so that couldn't happen. I'm assuming because of his busy schedule, we got it here in Earth-X's version. Um, So Prometheus is not Adrian Chase. It is Tommy Merlin. That was the huge OMG moment of uh, of the the crossover. Um, So what were your thoughts when you saw the mask come off and it was Tommy Merlin and not Adrian Chase? 
Well, I mean, of course, like everybody else, my mouth kind of like, you know, dropped to the floor and rolled over a little bit. I had to go around the corner and pick it up because even, you know, when he died, he was always such an honorable person. He always wanted to see the good in people. So for me, seeing that character with the negative connotations, like, oh, no, I didn't think he was going to do it. Oh, no. But I see your point in relation to why you should have been like the, um, the original Prometheus. But I still kind of like that it was Oliver's best friend because he was still sympathetic towards him. He still wants to be like, well, even though, you know, in this universe, you are my best friend. I was here for you. You were here for me. It doesn't matter what earth you're at now. You can make this better. Just tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happening so, you know, we can fix this. And he just completely played him. He didn't care. He played his emotions. He played Oliver for a little bit in the dialogue. I think he five, ten minutes before he decided to get the uh, suicide truth out. That's what, that's what you call it, a suicide truth. But I kind of yep. like how they had his best friend in that because Oliver always has a thing of he wants to try to save everybody. Oliver stood down the path when he was on the island. Even when he first became ill, he was killing people, and then he decided to be better. And he thinks that everyone could be better. He's trying to think that Prometheus could be better, which we all know how that went. So I wasn't surprised that he did that in relation tried to reach out to him. So I was surprised that they put someone there who haunted Oliver for a very long time. I did kind of yeah. enjoy that a little bit. I, I do wish uh, Oliver might have gotten, uh, you know, more closure because we know how guilty he felt. Um, you know, uh, he felt very responsible for Tommy's death, and I didn't think he got any closure there. Um, you know, but who knows? Barry messes up the sp- uh, you know, messes up time, like, every day. So who knows? Maybe there is a Tommy Merlin out there from an Earth 2 that has been on Earth 1, and he's just waiting. But I, I, I don't think you could bring him in now, and it would be as effective I think last season, Prometheus being Tommy Merlin would have been the highest point of effectiveness of bringing Tommy back. But I I, I understand why they did it here. It worked here. Uh, We didn't get to see him longer than, you know, the the few moments that we saw him uh, talking to Oliver. I wish we did. Uh, Again, that would have been a lot better if we didn't have an evil Oliver and we just had Prometheus instead of an evil Oliver. But I won't backtrack. Um, so after the events of that, the team is, is you know, is kind of shaken by that. Uh, we fast forward to Earth X's villains uh, infiltrate the um, Star Labs, lock Cisco and the team away. Um, I do love how they were able to implement um, Wild Dog, uh, Black Canary, and Curtis. Uh, which, by the way, Shay, we say this all the time here at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, we don't think Curtis's true powers is uh, his brains. We think he, we think his true powers is his braiding skills, because for him to be able to braid and unbraid as quickly as he does to become Mister Terrific, it is possibly some of the craziest magician like magic trick I've ever seen. I, I I don't know how they they do that, but I do need someone in the show ask that on the show for Curtis to have to give an answer to that because that is the number one question people have of Arrow 
since he's joined. How is he able to braid his hair that quickly? What, what, what do you well, think? Well, no, in his defense, um, <laughs> for cornrows, if you know how to do it and you do it a lot of times, it's not that hard to do, and it's not like he has a lot of hair. So in his defense, he could probably do four quick cornrows in maybe 10, 15 minutes it, because he does it so many times. Yeah, but what's weird about it is if if you're going to go, like, fight a villain, right, picture, like, you're driving the van. Everyone's getting ready. Like, Wild Dog's getting his guns ready. Canary's getting her lung, you know, her, her pipes ready to do the canary cry. Oliver's getting all of his arrows ready. And you look over, and Curtis is just braiding his hair. Wouldn't that kind of, like, set you set you off, like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you just rocking the afro? Like, I mean, your costume doesn't drastically change you from looking exactly like Curtis. But no one knows Curtis. I, I don't get why he needs to braid his hair to kind of show the difference between the two. I don't know. That's, that, that always was my question about that. I mean, I think it's a valid question. And then the flip side of it is, you know, hey, what if this gets one of those things like, you know, they just got everybody stressed out, and they just look over, and they just start laughing a little bit to make yourself feel a little bit more relaxed before they got to go take a fight. That is always Absolutely. Absolutely, because I know, I tell you right now, I'm getting ready for war, and I look over, and you're braiding your hair all casually, like we're not, like we're not about to enter something that could possibly get someone killed. I'd probably have a laugh or two. So I could definitely see that um, that point of view. Yeah, I mean, like, I really, definitely really, see like, that. Like, you couldn't do this 10 minutes ago? Like, like you can't do this 10 yeah, minutes ago like, when we were still in the cage? But, you know, hey. Exactly. Or you, you couldn't have just left the afro <laughs> out? Like, what, what is the necessity of this? Um, but to get back to the to the crossover, Arrow's episode outside of that and Earth X's villains taking over Star Labs didn't really have any other high points. Were there any points you wanted to bring up of the Arrow uh, portion of the crossover that I missed? Well, my question is, when they caught Kara, was that in the Arrow part? It was a little part that I saw, and I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, it was at the end of the that Arrow episode. Yeah, it was at the end of it. Yeah, it was at the end of that episode that they caught Kara. That they uh they boxed yeah, the so. team in. They separated. They separated Kara, Barry. Um, trying to think of who else was with them. Uh, oh man, Firestorm? I can't think of. Who else. Oh, yes, uh, Firestorm and um, uh, Sarah Sarah Land. They separated them yeah. from the rest of the team. Uh, and then everyone else in Star Labs, they put in the pipeline and locked them in there, uh, all to get Kara. Okay, so let's explain this, and then I'll pass it to you. They kidnapped Kara because the Earth X's version of Kara was dying because of her exposure to Red Sun, and she needed a replacement heart to keep her alive. That replacement heart comes from none other than Earth One's Kara, or well, Earth Two's Kara. I think she's a different Earth. I forgot. Um, so they captured her and was looking to use her heart to replace, um, their evil version. So I'll pass it to you now. Um, so first I want to say that I thought was kind of funny how Cara said, my cousin will come and save me. And I was going that when we get to the third part of the crossover. Um, I actually, I, I enjoy the injustice field because I love the game. 
So I enjoy seeing the evil card and the evil arrow. I like seeing the evil in the heroes because it, in general it just shows that they're doing the right thing off their own intent. They're not doing it for anything else. So that in any time, they can always take flip the script and go bonkers. And no one can really stop them. Um, and I definitely yeah. think, you know, outside of the heroes that were separated, I thought this, this part of the show, and then leading on to the third part of the crossover, it was a real, like, girl power moment. Like, I wish it kind of had the Spice Girls theme song going on in the background. Cause I was going for Iris. I was going for Felicity. I was going for all of them. They were just giving me, like, how they wanted to make sure that they still were able to do what they needed to do regardless of the heroes were there or not. So I was definitely there for that. Let me say this. Uh, the the biggest thing I loved about Iris is that uh, what I always loved about her character that I sometimes didn't love about Felicity is she's never a damsel in distress. And I've always loved that about Iris. Uh, that is my biggest issue with love stories in comic book shows is that some of the love interests are way too much of a damsel in distress, and I hate that. That is not that is not the average female. Like, there are a lot of really strong females, and I love when they cater to that. That's why I love uh, Black Canary. I love Sarah Lance. I love uh, Vixen. I love um, Iris. I hated when they kind of twisted Felicity to be that damsel in distress. I loved her in season one, and I, I started to love her again last season. But in between those those two seasons, that whole damsel in distress uh, act that she was given, I, I despised it. But I agree with you. I love any girl moment uh, that, um, you know, girl movement moment, sorry, that Iris gives us. And she's given us a lot of the Flash this season so far. She's definitely increased her role as, as a leader rather than just someone who, you know, needs to be saved or protected. She's more of a leader and can kind of handle her own. Uh, outside of the fact that she, you know, doesn't have any powers to fight these guys, um, she's smart enough to know how to get out of situations uh, when she needs to. Um I was trying to remember another point you made because I wanted to to say something about it. Oh, you were saying their version of the Injustice League. Yeah, I get that, but I would have preferred if um, – oh, that's what I wanted to say. Speaking of Injustice League, I loved when Reverse Flash had Kara on the bed and was beginning to uh, begin to start on her, and she said something that spoke volumes to me that when I thought, how could they top – crisis on Earth X next year. I immediately had an answer to that. Kara said to Reverse Flash, if you do anything, my cousin's going to find out that he's going to kill you. And when she, Well, she didn't say he's going to kill you, but she was saying he's going to come and pretty much, uh, you know, save me or avenge me. And when he said, I ran into your brother once, uh, he thought he was fast, but I was way faster. When he said that, I thought to myself, what if next year's crossover, you know, we now will have the Black Lightning family added to that. What if we had Superman come into the fold of next year's huge crisis? Uh, well, not huge crisis, but huge crossover event. What would you think about that? Or do you think he's way too OP to add to to this TV team? I think that's the best way for him to really be Superman would be to have them in the crossover event. And the reason why I say that is 
you know, Superman and Supergirl, their dynamic, they have a really family dynamic. Like, it's just like, if you, if you, if you have an older brother, I'm my only child, that's not the big disclaimer, but I have cousins, and me and my cousins fight every day. So if I have issue with my cousin, um, I'm going to, you know, go for my cousin. And the fight between Supergirl and Superman earlier in Supergirl, that was just great. And Supergirl won. So if he wants to try to bring Superman back into it, like he already beat Superman, Carl could have been like, well, you clearly don't know who I am because I beat my cousin. So you think that, you know, you think that that's it? If I get out of here and I can't get to you, if my cousin can't get to you before me, it's on and popping. So I think that if Superman came into a crossover, I think that could work. So that could be both of them really in their prime, both of them feeding off each other's energy and both of them really showing their strength. That's definitely a way to look at it. I mean, my biggest thing I always tell everyone, we have, I mean, albeit in the comics, Kara uh, was on Earth longer, so she was exposed. I No, I'm sorry. She was on Krypton longer. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of helps her in becoming stronger than Clark. But we have to remember, she won in Supergirl because the show's called Supergirl. So you weren't going to have Superman defeat her. That's one. Two, we also have to remember, if Superman really, I mean, really let loose, I do not think Kara could beat him. Um, I, do, I do find it funny that in Earth-X, Reverse Flash beat him. Uh, I don't, because Barry's faster than Reverse Flash. And Barry's faster than Superman. So I think Superman should have an edge on Reverse Flash. But we don't know anything about that Superman. Like, did he have the same amount of sun? Did he have the same amount of training? We know nothing about him. So I won't get too much into that. But I I do like the idea of maybe next year adding in either Martian Manhunter or Superman to that huge crossover event. Uh, I just kind of want them to start to build a Hall of Justice. Um, where once a year they have a crossover where it takes the whole quote-unquote Justice League uh, to stop a huge uh, villain. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm hoping we get more from those kind of heroes uh, later on in the you know as, as the the seasons grow more and more. Um, but yeah, like we said, the episode of Arrow. Uh, in that crossover, the second episode ended with Carr being captured, the other team being captured. Ooh, excuse me. And we start uh, legend. We start to flash the episode off with, ooh, excuse me. Um, uh, them being captured and put in what seems to be Earth X's version of a concentration camp, um, where you see them with these collars to make sure they aren't able to use their powers. Um, and as, you know, things are starting to look grim, who walks in to greet them? None other than Earth X's version of Quentin Lance, uh, who's totally evil in this. Uh, he sees his daughter, Sarah, only to tell her, uh, she looks just like the daughter he had that was also gay, and he terminated her for that. We, we get the whole, I thought they were a little strong on the Nazi stuff in this crossover. I thought maybe they shouldn't have used the word Nazis and maybe something else, but I get it. Um, 
so we fast forward to uh, Quentin Lance in Earth X is uh, is having the the group with Flash, uh, Oliver, Sarah, and um, you know uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who else is there. Oh, Firestorm also, Jefferson and Jack. No, Jack is Jefferson. Whatever you you get what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, they were all to be executed, only to be saved by who else? Captain Cold, and um, he made quite an entrance. Uh, which I love in in Earth X, Captain Cold is gay, which is awesome because Wentworth Miller in real life is also gay. So I thought that was really cool for them to do, um, and I thought that was a very fun way for them to bring Captain Cold back to where he's completely different, and him being uh, gay isn't isn't the shocker of Captain Cold. He is the polar, no pun intended opposite of his Earth-1 counterpart. He is extremely nice. <laughs> He's extremely nice. He seems very caring, very loving, very understanding. Nothing like um, his last uh, counterpart. I, I even remember in the episode, Flash goes, remember, you said uh, have a plan, execute a plan, expect a plan to go wrong, and, you know, something along those lines. And he goes, that's stupid advice. Who would have it? Yeah. yeah, I would never do that. I thought that was hilarious, that he's literally the polar opposite. Um, uh, I'm going to just go through the episode, and then we can kind of uh, review it together. Um, so the episode pretty much is them trying to get back on Earth-1. We also find out that, uh, is his name Wynn? Was his name from uh, the computer geek from Supergirl? Yes, Wynn. It is Wynn. Okay, so we find out that Earth-X is... Okay, so we find out Earth X's version of when uh, is, you know, part of the small group that is trying to take out the uh, the Fuhrer and everybody from Earth X. So when he finds out that they're, that they're on Earth 1, he decides he's going to uh, blow up the portal that they have transporting them between Earths to trap them on Earth 1 so that they can rebuild their world on Earth X. Of course, Oliver and the gang are like, no, why should our Earth be doomed to save yours? How about you let us go back, destroy them, or stop them so none of our Earth have to worry about it. So we get to uh, Oliver and the gang have a plan to go um, to go get to the portal to make it back to Earth-1, and when sends his bomb, his quote-unquote bomb, or his weapon, rather, to blow up the entire, not only portal, but the entire base of uh, the evil uh, counterpart. So we find out that the weapon is none other than Red Tornado, actually done right this time. That that Red Tornado that we got in Season 1 of Supergirl was possibly the laziest form of CGI or even whatever they were trying to do that I've ever seen. Shame on you, CBS. I can agree with that. Yeah, that was horrible. Shame on you, CBS. Thank goodness Supergirl came to CW where she belongs uh, the entire time. Um, uh, so, you know, Flash and the Ray, who I didn't bring up, the Ray is actually Captain Cold's lover on Earth-X. By the way, the Ray was done amazingly. Love the way he looked. Hope we see a lot more of him uh, very soon uh, in the second halves of some of these shows. 
But um, we get towards the end of the episode as they are fighting their way out of Earth X. The moment that broke every true fan's heart. Uh, Martin Stein uh, gets shot trying to go help uh, Jax because he was cornered in. Um, you know, so Jackson re rebonds with him to keep him alive as long as he possibly can. Um, so we get to the end of the episode. They're fused. They come unfused. Gideon lets them know the only thing keeping Stein alive is Jefferson. Um, so we, you know, that's the end of the Flash's episode of this crossover. Before I head into Legends and uh, wrap up Crisis on Earth X, was there anything you wanted to add? I think you really put everything on the head. I was definitely very sad when Martin um, got shot. I was hoping that, you know, they did one of those things where he almost died. He was able to get back. And I, personally, I wasn't ready for the Catholic Cold character to be gay. I'm not going to lie. It caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that personally. But I, I did know the dynamic that the two had. And I could see why, you know, they could be in a relationship. That that carrying portion to the two characters. Personally, I wasn't ready for it, but I did like it, and I was totally here for it. Um, yeah. I think this is an episode where, um, oh no, they haven't came back yet. Is, is this when Ray tried to go save Carl from Starlab? Uh, no, that, that, that's how the next on. episode. That, no, that's how the next episode starts. Uh, to where okay, everyone that's, is rescued. That's the part that made me laugh. Yes. Yeah, that, All right, that's the so part that made me laugh. All right, so let me introduce that so I could then pass it on to you. Um, oops, give me one second. Oh, excuse me. Um, okay, so it ends the episode, obviously, with, you know, the, the cliffhanger of what's going to happen to Stein. So we start the Legends of Tomorrow portion of the crossover, kind of kind of skimming through, uh, you know, Martin uh, uses the serum that Cisco and Wells created to separate them Uh uh, he tells uh, Jax to use that so he could separate himself so he can live so Stein could rest in peace um, or could die in peace, rather. Um, so Stein made the ultimate sacrifice for Jax, and we lost uh, possibly one of the brightest parts of Legends of Tomorrow, which is Stein. Uh, he's going to be missed, but Victor Garber, who actually plays Stein, uh, wanted to get back to his roots, which was Broadway. So he made it clear. A uh, report came out earlier this, you know, before the, around maybe the second month of the start of this, uh, of, of these, the new season, that this was going to be his last season. Uh, another person that let us know that was Wentworth Miller, that he's not coming back past uh, this this season. So we're losing two iconic uh, legends of the CW universe, which both played their characters amazingly. Um, so uh, we get to where uh, the legends come to rescue uh, Cisco and the group from the pipeline and to save uh, Felicity and uh, Iris from being killed by Reverse Flash and Evil Oliver. So I'll pass it to you now. Well, I just wanted to make a quick comment. I just thought it was funny to know how to say my cousin will come and save me and this is going to get you and there's the guy who used to play Superman is the one who saved Carl. 
I thought that was kind of funny. That was just my little ha-ha-ha-ha moment. I thought, I thought yeah. it was funny. I don't know if anyone else thought it was funny. No, I agree with you. Uh, that's actually not the first Superman reference made uh, to Ray Palmer. Uh, when he was dating Felicity and they had the crossover last year, he was flying in the air, and Cisco goes, is that a bird? And then I believe it was Caitlin who says, no, it's a plane. And then Felicity goes, nope, it's my boyfriend. And then Ray lands in the Adam suit, and that was that was hilarious. That was super funny. That was them... That was them giving a nod to him playing Superman in Superman Returns. Um, so that that's always funny whenever they're able to make those jokes. I will say the funniest Superman reference didn't come from uh, someone who's been Superman or even has a Superman background. It came from uh, Captain Steel uh, when he said, I thought it would take a man of steel to save a, a, a girl of steel. That was hilarious, yep. and I thought that was that was perfect. That was perfectly executed. Um, so just to go through the episodes, uh, the team bands back together. They figure out, uh, you know, to isolate each other's uh, villains and let the remainder of the team take on, uh, you know, the soldiers. I will say, when it showed the team walking up all in slow motion, uh, I don't know if you're part of our Facebook page, but I put this meme up, like, uh, immediately, I was like, oh, no, no, I put this meme up a few days ago when Grant Gustin was promoting uh, the crossover. I was like, go, go, Power. Oh, wait, no, it's not the Power Rangers. That was that was ripped out of the Power Rangers when they did their crossovers, when it showed, uh, like, the, the crossover that it had with the multiple Power Rangers, where they did that slow walk and then the, the crazy explosions and stuff in the back. I was like, wow, that, they look like the Power Rangers there. But it, it's just, it's so cool to see all these uh, DC superheroes together all at once. It, it, it's something that a lot of people never thought we'd ever see. And Mark Guggenheim and those guys, man, they're just, they're, they're rock stars for bringing us this. But we pretty much, uh, you know, can, can skim through the, the fights. Nothing huge happened in the fights. Uh, Oliver killed his version, his evil counterpart. Uh, Carla killed hers by throwing her into space, letting her explode. Um, and Barry, for reasons unimaginable to me, just let his evil counterpart run free to terrorize him another day. Um, and we end with, uh, you know, Barry and Iris deciding they want just a simple wedding. They don't want to invite a whole bunch of thousands of people over again. They kind of just want to, uh, to just to make it simple. So Barry has an idea of running really fast to grab Diggle. Diggle being someone who is not fond of Barry using his speed to uh, either pop up on him or to grab him. Uh, but they pretty much use Diggle as a justice of peace to marry uh, him and Iris. But the shocker is two weddings happened uh, in this crossover. Diggle married both Barry and Iris and Oliver and Felicity. So um, that was really nice to see the four of them be joined together in union uh, after it being something that we've wanted for these characters. Well, some. I, I still want Oliver with uh, Black Canary, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, something that a lot of fans have been wanting for the longest. I will say the biggest shock, well, not shocker, but the biggest moment out of this crossover to me was Captain Cold deciding to 
stay on Earth One uh, to fill in Stein's spot uh, with the legend. I thought that was awesome. I loved that. I thought that was a perfect way to let Victor Garber go. And then you can end the season with uh, Captain Cole going back to his Earth to be with the Ray, uh, and that would be his exit to the show. Um, so this crossover was amazing. So my biggest question to you, Shay, is how, now that the Crisis on Earth X is over, how will the events of Crisis affect uh, the other shows going forward? Like, do you think anything on Crisis on this uh, crossover will have uh, lasting effects on, on the other shows going forward? Or was this kind of like a one-off, the same way Flash versus Arrow was um, when they did that that crossover? I think that the crossover is going to affect the the mind of Supergirl. Because when Carla first went over to the other Earth for Barry's wedding, she was just trying to get over my nail. My girl had her yeah. heart broken. She didn't know what was mm-hmm. going on. Like she, she was hurt. Her sister was hurt. Um, I think those two going into a different situation but still able to do what they were supposed to do. I think it kind of helped her. I, I'm going to say I think it, I hope it helps her. Because when she goes back home, she still got to see Marnell and his wife. And yeah. that's why that's why I think the psychology after Earth X is gonna flow into Supergirl because she literally saw firsthand who she can become. And she refuses to do that, and that goes back to well, why she even, you know, let the bomb go off in the first place, but that's why she no longer lives with it. In relation to the Flash, I think that, you know, that dude's going to come back and haunt them. The real question is, is it, does the speaker have that as one of his possibilities? That's my question, and if that does happen, it's very false. Um, in Arrow, I can understand why you, did, why you didn't like Missy always being the damsel in distress, but also, in relation to Felicity and to her point, every time she has tried to be happy and tried to trust Oliver, she has gotten shot. She hasn't been able to walk. She almost blew up on the island. So I understand how she could have become fragile, and I also understand how it could become very annoying. But I think the fact that they actually got married now, definitely going to play a part into the Missy finale of Arrow because I'm not even ready for that. Lord Jesus, my heart probably wants to be beat when we get to Arrow. I just don't be connected. But in the I mean, of Legends of Tomorrow, it's definitely going to be different because you're going to have Captain Coulson now. They weren't used to, this, to him being there for a long time, and now it's a completely different version of him. It's not the one who throws the plan out. It's the one who saves that wrecking the plan. No, that's a really good point, and I think even even more important than that, they're going to have to deal with the fallout of, of Stein uh, Stein dying. Uh, so that's going to be something difficult for them to uh, to, to work through. But uh, my biggest thing with Felicity, my biggest issue with Felicity isn't necessarily Felicity. It's just uh, Oliver has to be with Dinah. Like, he just has to. It's the same thing as, like, having a show about Batman and him never having a relationship with Talia or Catwoman. You know, you know what I'm saying? Or, or Vicky Vale. Like, it's just weird. It's weird to me, and I'll never be okay with the idea of it. 
especially when you have like three Dynalances that you had in Oliver's face, and he was not in a long-term relationship with any of them. That will always haunt me, and I will never be okay with that. But I'll have to get over it because the show so far has been amazing this season. So it doesn't outweigh it, but that'll never not bother me. That'll always be an issue for me. Um, all right, I so love yeah, so, I would love to talk for your second Say it one more time. I said I would love to cosplay as Black Canary. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's to me that that that'll forever bother me. Um, but me and you did see the trailers for the mid-season finales of Flash, Supergirl, Legends, and Arrow. Out of all the mid-season finales, um, actually, you know, I won't do it that way. Let's go just one by one. Let's start with Supergirl. Um, I even admitted to you, I, I Supergirl kind of lost me. I haven't caught up in the last few weeks, uh, like last four weeks maybe. Um, but the last I saw of it, uh, I did enjoy that episode. I, ju- I just, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to get back to watch the rest of them. Um, but I do, I did like what I saw from the trailer. Whoever this rain chick is, uh, that's about to be the the main villain for the second half. I love the way she looks. I love the way that Car is now going to have to go up with somebody that could possibly be as strong as her. Um, and I love the idea of that, and I can't wait to see how that develops. Uh, what are your thoughts on the mid-season finale trailer that they released? Well, okay. So my thing about the trailer is I want to know who exactly Car and John are fighting because – I don't think that's Rain. I think that's the other Martian who went back to Mars. And that's the the female Martian who was um, hiding in the bar and then she went back to the line and she kind of like reached out to John a couple of times saying that she needs his help or she needs his help and everything. I don't think that's Rain because all the prophecies of Rain coming into her powers, she kind of looked like, like, like the Matrix on paper. Like she had the, the black um, hieroglyph. You know what I mean? She had that she had that anger in her eyes. It was very you're able to see it from far away as opposed to like, you know, a blue character. And in relation to Rain, I wanna see how that plays out because she has a daughter. And that's why she came into her power gate. So how is her daughter gonna clarify that? Like is her daughter gonna sit here and be the sympathetic the sympathetic version of her where, you know, she won't be able to do what she's prophesied to do. Will she end up killing her daughter in order for her to make sure she never loses her power? Or will her daughter become just like her and become Rain Spawn? Who knows? Yeah, uh, a bunch of different ways you can go with that. Uh, I do know the last episode I saw, her daughter wanted her to have powers. So I'm sure she'll be pretty receptive to it so she figures out her mom's a bad guy. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe she'll be into that. Uh, who knows? Uh, I, I just know I, I need to catch myself up, and I'll spend this winter break catching myself up on Supergirl. Um, all right, so let's move on to Flash. Uh, wow, that looks like a crazy midseason finale that uh, we're prepping ourselves for with the Flash. Uh, the Thinker captures uh, Barry uh, as the Flash. He knows he is the Flash. Uh, and it looks like he's attacking Star Labs mentally. He's, he's in the head of Cisco. Um, you know, he's trying to take out Barry and everything. 
So a lot of stuff looks like it, it's, it's about to go down for uh, for Team Flash. What are your thoughts on the midseason finale trailer? I think it's about to be epic. I'm going to need some popcorn, and I'm probably going to need some wine, because I think I'm going to be going through the emotional roller coaster. Um, the center has thought of every possibility to the X amount as to what could happen, what Barry might do, what Barry might do. Now, it's still up for grabs what can really happen, because earlier on the season, the thinker said, I never thought that one of the names that I would be dealing with would be the thinker with Cisco Nation. So that's saying that even though he thinks that he's always a thousand steps ahead, there's always going to be one possibility that nobody is ever thinking of. And when Barry ran to the future, he saw that it was that the thinker was defeated, but something was given up at a cost. So I'm just trying to figure out what, what's going to be the cost. What's going to have to be the sacrifice in order for them to get defeated? Because he's not afraid to go into his personal life, his work life, his family. Like he basically let Iris and Barry get married just so he could be like, well, I let them do it because they, they can't stop me if they want to. Uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. The biggest thing I look forward to in this season of The Flash is there has not been a season of The Flash that someone, I won't say important, but someone crucial to Barry uh, has has died. Every season, someone dies. So I'm curious to see if this season ends in someone close to him dying. Maybe Caitlin? Um Maybe act, you know, the actual Harrison Wells. Who knows? Uh, but like you said, there is going to be a cost, and we won't necessarily find it out in the midseason finale. Midseason finales are usually they use those for cliffhangers. So something happens that jo- that drops your jaw, and you have to wait until January like 18th or 21st or whenever it comes back to see what happened from that fallout. So uh, I'm curious if they'll use this for that I doubt it that'll probably be more so towards the end of the season uh but I am curious to see what price Barry will have to pay uh to defeat uh DeVoe so that's that's going to be very interesting but um all right so this next one I kind of want to gloss over because it, it didn't make that much sense to me but maybe you can fill in some of the blanks Legends of Tomorrow's trailer I didn't get I didn't understand what I was seeing. It looked like they were in medieval times. I have no idea why they're in medieval times. Uh, it was just a bunch of, like, visual mess to me, which is strange because usually Legends isn't that. Um, but what did you take from the, the trailer? Um, I felt like to a certain extent, I, I agree with you. The only thing that, that caught me kind of off guard was the fact that Martin was kind of, like, tied up. And... I'm just trying to figure out how are they going to how are they going to do that, you know? Because I I agree, it, it definitely jumped around a little bit, and I didn't really have a I didn't have a clear understanding of where they were trying to go for the episode. I just saw that you know the enemy was time, it's an anomaly that they have to fix. But Martin is there, and I guess this is going to be one of those things where. They're still going to have to cope with the fact that the way that they know is gone, and since he's really not coming back to the show, maybe they can use that Martin in order to integrate like um, 
firestorm still being firestorm. Maybe that was the reason that he kind of in this. But outside of that, I was a little bit confused. Just, just a little. Yeah, it didn't make all the, the sense to me. But knowing that show, when we see the actual full episode, it'll make perfect sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that, seeing how they, uh, you know, how they put Captain Cold, how they bring him back into the fold. Um, all right, so let's move on to the last part of the CW midseason finale trailers. And this is the most OMG trailer of them all. It starts with, uh, I believe Curtis or Wild Dog letting Oliver know someone is reporting to the, uh, you know, to the feds uh, about who Oliver, uh, about who the Green Arrow is, and it's someone that's a part of the team. Now, I will say that, because that's pretty much the highlight of the episode, uh, it, it, someone, Oliver will be betrayed by someone. Now, I'm going to say that I think it could be two things, and I'm not going to go too far-fetched into my ideas. I already discussed it with you, so I'll keep most of my insane, insane ideas just between us. But the two that I'm going with is either Black Canary, I mean, not Black Canary, Black Siren uh, goes to the cops pretending to be uh, the, the Black Canary that passed, telling them that Oliver is the Green Arrow. She has proof because she fought alongside him. That's, that's theory one. Theory two is it is um, Artemis back from the dead, Obviously not really dead. She didn't, you know, we don't know if she died. They never said anything about it. Um, and because of her working close to Oliver and Prometheus having all the dirt that he was able to, to, to get on Oliver, uh, she uses that to turn that into the cops. And that's how they, they have the evidence that they need of knowing that he is indeed the Green Arrow. Now, if, when you go down the list, Wild Dog doesn't make sense. Uh, Dinah doesn't make sense. Uh, most of these people, and you could say that, you know, they're going the route of if you give us information, uh, we'll, we'll let you off easy. But to me, that, that just doesn't make any sense. You have a bunch of guys that have pledged so much of their lives over the past two years now, well, yeah, two years now, um, you know, to devoting their life to the cause. So it would make absolutely no sense that all of a sudden, they decide that now they want to betray Oliver. It just wouldn't make much sense to me. Um, my wild out there theory does have something to do with somebody extremely close to Oliver. But I'll, I'll pass it to you. What are your thoughts on the midseason finale trailer of Arrow? Well, I need to know who it is. I just, I'm, I'm not, if there's someone who is really in the group, and who was still an actor, then I definitely try to understand their reasoning. Um, I know you and I talked about it before in relation to Mad Dog. I, the only reason I could semi-see Mad Dog would be because it's his daughter. But the flip side is that Oliver could already know and it just escalated too quickly because that does happen with him a lot. Like, he'll, he'll be aware of what's going on. He just doesn't understand how fast things are moving because he has so much going on. I even think that it could be um, Prometheus last trigger. You know, like if I'm not here to do ABC next Friday, and all this information is going to come out. Because he said that he had something like that on Oliver before. And, 
and to a certain extent, it can even be his son, even though his son is still kind of warming up to him. But I don't, I don't think it's his son. I doubt it's highly mad. I highly doubt it's Mad Dog. I'm just thinking of different possibilities because he definitely has a way of playing on my emotions and going completely left when I think I'm going the right way. So those are the two things that are possible. I don't really see occurring, but I can see that being a Dominic Yeah, I mean, I, I will say uh, these these CW shows, sorry, outside of the Flash's first season, have never really given me a o- OMG moment to where I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll gladly admit uh, Harrison Wells turning out to be the Reverse Flash uh, until it became apparent. I I I didn't know. I didn't know who. I didn't know who they were going to portray the reverse flash to be, but I never would have expected a guy in a wheelchair. So uh, that definitely caught me off guard. But Arrow usually doesn't take bold, uh, bold risk. So it'll be interesting to see who the mole is, if there's even one. Uh, because they hyped up the reveal of Prometheus uh, last year, all during their, uh, their conventions when they were showing trailers. I mean, they hyped Prometheus. Prometheus up to be somebody that we've seen before. That's why everyone and their mother just knew it was Tommy Merlin. Um, and then when they when it turned out to be Adrian Chase, it didn't really affect the viewers because one, we've never seen Adrian Chase before. We never heard of Adrian Chase before. He meant nothing to it. So the reveal wasn't like, oh my goodness, because it just it 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 was fr- it was somebody we might not have expected, but. It wasn't a an OMG like oh my goodness it's him, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean heck maybe it, it could even be Roy. It could even be Roy. Honestly, it could be. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of to kind of figure out who it could be and then see who it is. Uh, but that show out of the rest of them, I think is the only show that's going to leave us on a cliffhanger. Um, so I'm 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 getting myself angry now. So, you know, nothing shocks me come next Thursday. So I'm getting myself prepared to be angry about the potential cliffhanger that they're going to probably end up leaving. Um, so we kind of knocked out all of the crossover, all of the what to expect for next week's show. Um, we're, we're both really excited about uh, um, what's going to be coming from Black Lightning. But um, we'll get more into Black Lightning next week actually, when we get Eric on. Uh, we'll all get into that because that starts the beginning of January. So we'll save that topic for next week. But before we wrap up, Shay, um, to our listeners, Shay is new to Geek Vibes Nation and uh, new to doing the show. She is a huge DC fan, and she just wanted to defend Justice League to anyone who might have been nervous about going to see it because of the the critics and everybody or someone who is just so uh you know opposed to seeing it because of the other movies of dc that they may not have liked shay i open the floor to you okay so definitely it was a good movie i'm not going to say that it was great i'm not going to say that you know it was jaw-dropping i understand that the the faith of DC and Warner Brothers is definitely kind of in the air because of Batman vs. Superman as well as Suicide Squad. Um, in relation to Batman vs. Superman, 
I would only recommend anyone watching the extended version of Batman vs. Superman. I would not recommend the theater version. Only the extended version, you're able to see a little bit more, you're able to follow Lois Lee and the detective, and you really can see the path that the movie is meant to go on. In relation to Justice League, the comp- I don't want people to compare. I, well, I would say I would recommend that the comparison between Thor Ragnarok and Justice League is not as strong because this is two different dynamics. You're talking about a singular um, hero with the lead compared to trying to understand people who you have never met with powers you have never seen and trying to get anyone to work with together to complete the same goal. I thought that bringing their cyborg was great. I thought that how they introduced the Flash was great. The Flash is definitely a comedy relief. So the the, the actor who played Barry Allen was great. I actually loved him from Trainwreck. So he was even funnier here for me than he was in Trainwreck. Aquaman did a great job. Even the scenes that happened in Atlanta was pretty dope. I just think everyone, even if you have your doubts about it, to go see it. If you're a student, Tuesdays are a discount, matinees are cheaper. I, I want everybody to go see on their own opinion. I understand that, you know, they're still working on it. WB kind of like, kind of doing a little chapter screw thing going on. I just hope that everyone sees it. Because a lot of the critics and the reviews that I read, they were very biased. I'm not saying that because I'm a DC fan. I'm just reading it as a reader. Off the first paragraph, like the Vanity Fair articles in the first paragraph, it showed a bias to Marvel and DC. And for people who's really not into the comic book world, or for people who only enjoy the movies but don't really know who all the characters are yet, to just doesn't excuse for it, it wasn't fair. I just recommend that everybody see it and get your own opinion. I had to convince my boyfriend to go, and he's a die-hard Marvel fan, and he even had to say that the movie was good. So if I can get, if I convince him, I hope I can convince other people to go. And I'm just saying, you guys, there's a glimmer of hope at the tunnel between Wonder Woman and Justice League. If we can keep this thing going, I think that DC, we're going to become in, in an okay place. We're going to show our competition. And let me also say, Marvel is great at their character development. From Iron Man to Thor, even, you know, to the Hulk walking up to Captain America and introducing all of them to the Avengers. That was great character introduction. They had great character development. The dynamic was able to be integrated in a great way. At the same time, Marvel also had that time. DC, we can't catch up to movies that's been going on for over a decade in, in two, three years. And we have to take our time. We have to be able to show that where the people to fall in love with the characters. So that that's just my that's my two cents. I think everybody should go see Justice League. I thought it was a great movie. And you know, Cyborg even said Booyah and I was really hoping that he would hit the Booyah line and I, I lost in the movie for the rest of the stuff. So that that's just me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Everyone should go check out that movie. Uh, really, really, really good movie. Like I said, I, I, I really, really, really loved it. But I'm extremely biased because I love anything that Batman's in. But it seriously, in all jokes aside, it was a really good movie. Um, here in Geek Vibes Nation, 
our, our, our fan base knows. That, go go see it yourself. Don't don't listen to these these goofballs uh, that probably saw like six minutes of it and then made up their mind that they they didn't like it and wrote a, an article about it. Go see it yourself. You'll 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 see what we're talking about and you'll understand why we enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed it. So make sure you go check it out. It is still in theaters. Go support it. And thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode of Hall of Heroes. Next week, Eric will be here. He is also another part of this show and another newest member of Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, Shay, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Uh, How did you feel about the episode? Thank you for having me. I'm totally excited about doing spread like this. This is going to be fun. I'm ready for it. This is what I do. This is is what I like to talk about. Absolutely. It's only going to get more fun from here. All right, guys. Tune in to us next week. Same, probably same time, same place. Uh, The time might, might shift a little bit, but around the same time. But every Friday night, um, make sure you tune in to us here at Hall of Heroes, and make sure you tune in to us this Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, for Geek Vibes Live. We'll be talking the Infinity War trailer, uh, breaking down the ins and outs of the DCEU drama, and so much more. So stay tuned, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Have a good night. Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live.